Hey everyone, I'm Johnny. I'm Victoria. Welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. Each week, we'll discuss a featured cookbook. And we'll rank each book in a variety of categories, including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste. This week's featured cookbook is... Get Away by Renee Erickson. Hey, Johnny. Hey, Victoria. How are you doing? <laughs> You're so weird. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You're just figuring that out now. Yeah, I've, I've had an I've had. You've, an you've had a hunch. Yeah, right. You know, you know it, it's true. It's true what they say. Um, welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. Uh, what are we drinking? We are drinking. I'm drinking a bourbon with a sparkling black iced tea from Trader Joe's. And you, what are you drinking? I don't know. You made it. (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping you'd tell me. You are also drinking a bourbon with a, uh, you have like a, it's a, you know, those hard teas. Yeah. It's a sparkling tea. Hard tea. Yes. A hard tea. Yeah. So that's the little cocktail that I whipped up for you. It's lovely. (laughs) Thanks for that. (laughs) It'll do the job. (laughs) All right. Uh, let's get a few housekeeping things out of the way, shall we? Yes, let's. Um, if you visit <laughs> our website at wecookbooks.com and click on the store tab, that will direct you to our Amazon.com affiliate link. And from there, we've got a couple lists. Kitchen Essentials for Home Cooks and Cookbooks. And I actually added a couple titles, so there's some, some fresh stuff. What did you add? In there. Some of the things that we've been working on most recently. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So if, if anyone views that, they'll see a couple things. And those are kind of like the best of the best um, that we featured on our Instagram. And uh, if you should make a purchase, uh, it won't cost you anything more, but we'll get a little something in return. And it's a great way you can support what we do while getting something in return. Um, let's talk about what we're finishing up here. All right. Um, well, tonight we are making our last dish from uh, Pepper Thai, which is by Pepper Teigen, a.k.a. Chrissy Teigen's mom. Poor Chrissy Teigen is having a real hard time these days. A.k.a. John Legend's stepmom. Yes. Um, yeah, she kind of is. Well, I mean, it's her own fault, but, yep. you know, she used to be quite the quite the Twitter bully. Yeah. And I think... It's coming back to haunt her. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's grown up, had some loss. Sounds like she's kind of woke. So I'll let her figure that out. She, yeah, she's, I mean, she, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why we're talking about I know. <laughs> celebrity gossip. Like, it's, a, it's a new angle for the show because I'm, I'm so into that. There is no reason why this should be like living in my head. At no. All. Um, Clear it out. Yeah. Right? Take another sip of that drink. <laughs> and then uh, the book that we're going to be starting next is... Um, by Nigel Slater. It's Green Feast, Spring and Summer. And we previously, well, we've done a couple of his books before. He has a winter fall version of yes. this book, which was lovely. And we actually got this book a few months ago, but uh, we wanted to wait. Now that things are yes. in full bloom yes. and uh, summer is officially here, we've got a bounty of fresh Produce ingredients, yes. To pick from. Oh, the the produce looks so good these days. This this uh, meal planning for the week is going to be off the hook, <laughs> as the kids say. Um, and then, uh, did you talk about what we're doing tonight? Well, for yeah, well, not really. I didn't really. We got off it. on that Chrissy Teigen tangent, uh, right? And okay, here's the thing: 
for we had previously discussed getting pizza tonight and then we decided not to but i completely forgot that conversation as well our menu got pushed back a day because mm-hmm. yesterday was so insanely hot and we had like a few things going on like uh you know work related and yeah. things that kind of made us uninspired uh, along with the the heat mm-hmm. that we were currently experiencing here in Chicago, uh, they they kind of uninspired to do anything in the kitchen, and so we kind of we went we took a late lunch to a little neighborhood restaurant here and sat on the rooftop and had a few cocktails and and some was it quesadillas it was yeah. quesadillas it was just like a little little nosh little nosh but it was then great. it was you know it was like three o'clock so yeah. it's kind of is there a term kind of like brunch. For breakfast and lunch, but it would be for like dinner um, and lunch. We should coin something. <laughs> Liner? Yeah. We had, <laughs> I don't know. We, we had a liner with quesadillas. <laughs> that, that, that doesn't sound very, it doesn't. very fun. We'll work on that. <laughs> um, and then we, we totally just phoned it in and made this like kind of pantry garbage meal for, for dinner later on because yeah. we had some leftover... It was like a corn, tomato, avocado salad situation. It was kind like of a thing. corn succotash type yeah. situation. And then we had these uh, these kind of like puffy Middle Eastern like flatbread mm-hmm. things that I split open. And then I <laughs> in the in the uh, nonstick pan I fried up some chickpeas, uh, onion. And red pepper, and then mi- mix that all together, and I made a little like harissa yogurt, and I stuffed that all in that like it was delicious pita pocket kind of thing. Yum yum! I made my own hot pocket, <laughs> and it was delicious. So yeah, that's what we had, and I don't know how we got off on that tangent, right? But anyway, oh, anyway so I- we were supposed to have pad thai Brussels sprouts last night to finish off this pepper thai book, mm-hmm. and it got pushed forward. But in your mind. Tonight was like not cooking night. I was so excited and like all day long, all morning long while I was busy doing stuff. I was just thinking about pizza. Victoria dreams of pizza. And then and then Johnny's like, oh, no, we're making the Brussels sprouts tonight. And Remember I'm like, that Euro dreams of sushi <laughs> documentary that we saw? Pizza, yeah. Yes. Victoria dreams of pizza. Yeah. We'll, um, we'll get pizza tomorrow. It'll I know. be okay. I know. It just means that I have to photograph something. Yeah. And I'm tired of taking pictures. I'm Listen sorry. to me. Okay, I'm going to stop grumping. This is like first world problems. I'm, I'm, I don't want to take <laughs> food photography. I'm being such a big baby. Sorry, guys. It's the heat. It is. Have another sip of that drink. You'll be okay. <laughs> Would you stop it's, trying to get me drunk? It's the cure for all your ailments. <laughs> it's the cause and the problem. It's yes. the problem and the... Wait, what Homer says it. Beer. It's the cause and the solution to all of our problems. There you go. <laughs> I love how uh, we've we've got these paper straws that we use for these drinks, and they and they look lovely in photographs. So if you ever check out our Instagram feed, you'll see like this, you know, wonderful assortment of stylish paper straws that we get at the dollar store. Yeah, and uh, they completely suck for actually drinking. They last like two minutes. Style over function. Right. Although we did have, I mean, 
obviously if you get ones that are not from the dollar store they will last a little bit longer because we've had them before yep but instead we just use metal straws yep so better for the environment mm-hmm. too my conscience is clear when right? i'm drinking out of this stainless steel straw um all right um I wanted to talk a little bit about what we've been watching because it's been like some food related content and it's been kind of fun and it's good, you know, kind of mindless viewing that doesn't require too much of of your, you know, concentration and focus. And so if you're just looking to kind of tune out and watch something fun and entertaining, we've got some suggestions for you. Hit me with the first one, Victoria. All right. So the first thing that we've been watching is on Hulu. Um, actually, both of these are on Hulu. Uh, it's Crime Scene Kitchen. And it's funny because when I heard about it, I was like, dumb. It's a this really is stupid dumb. name, yeah, I, I have is. to say. but And basically, the whole premise is um, contestants are given... Teams of two. Teams of two. And they are shown a kitchen, which is the crime scene. And they have to deduce what the dessert is that they need to make from clues left in the kitchen. Yep. And they have like red herrings in there. Like, yes. uh, like there's an apple in there, but it's untouched. It forces or, contestants to dig in the garbage. Yes. To see what might have been used to create. So these desserts are created and then they're whisked away to secrecy. And so they need to buy the clues left in the kitchen, try and guess... What they need to make. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you said. Some um, people are just wildly off. Yes. Like- <laughs> well, and I think they try and overthink it because yeah. they're, they're not they're not trying to trip you up. So it's usually a classic dish, you know, like a Boston cream pie. Or, right. You know, it's not like uh, apple pie with a thyme whipped cream yeah with, you know like it's it's gonna be like a classic dish mm-hmm. you know so the, some people try and get too clever with with except their... for um there was a guest judge named cheryl hines she's the woman on uh curb your enthusiasm yes she her dessert was um a little bit untra- like a untraditional tart no it was um it was um Eclairs uh, filled right. with lemon curd, I yeah. believe. I which... guess not too crazy other than like when I think of eclairs, I usually think of them like chocolate iced and, you know, just filled with I a mean, regular Yeah, traditionally cream. they're just usually filled with uh, pastry cream. These were a step up from the Dunkin' Donuts they, version. <laughs> they were. I don't think Dunkin' Donuts is that fancy. Probably I think not. you're thinking of a long john. <laughs> <laughs> two but, different, oh, we two should mention does. Joel McHale is the uh, you know is the host of this, so he provides all the comedy relief mm-hmm. for the show, and I think that's what makes it kind of enjoyable to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, the contestants are fun because like some of them have professional experience. A lot of times, it'll be like a father and daughter or mother and daughter or something um you know what i've noticed though is a lot of times there's always one person in the group that just speaks oh like speaks over the other one what was that you're saying (laughs) and they're like no it's this it's this because there was one group that that uh the dude was just um he kept telling the woman that she was wrong and she had actually thought of the right dessert and yep. she listened to him and they it's, got it it's, wrong. It's a fun watch. It is. And, it, and it's, you know, and they start with, I think, six-ish teams of mm-hmm. two 
And so it's kind of fun at the beginning to see if the teams come close. You know, sometimes there's been episodes where they all kind of guess correctly and then it's just a matter of how they execute it. Yeah. But then there's other times when every, every team will make something completely different. Right. And so you get like six different guesses of what it could be. So, yeah. We don't need to over talk about no, it because we don't. it's it <laughs> doesn't deserve that. But uh it's it's fun if you're just looking for something something entertaining. And then the other one, and this is kind of a spin off of the Great British Baking Show, but it's called Britain's Best Home Cook. I think it's just called Best Home Cook now. Yes. But uh And Mary Berry is the host. Yes, good old indeed. good old Mary Berry. Can't go wrong with no, Mary Berry. I know she's so like just sweet and precious. But, um, you know, just as the name implies, it's just, you know, contestants that are home, home cooks, cooks, amateur cooks. I'd, I'd fall squarely into that yes. definition. And uh, it's a lovely show. Everyone's very nice to each other. I know they help each other out. I just I love all the British uh, competition shows. Yes. Because, because no one's <laughs> being like... I'm not here to make friends. Yes. This is not America's next top best friend. Yep. <laughs> That's the difference between, uh, you know, you, you, you friendly Brits and us mean Americans. <laughs> All right. And then uh, I wanted to mention, too, that I've been listening to, um, might seem weird to promote another podcast on our podcast, but... There's one created by the History Channel that's called The Food That Built America that I've really been enjoying when I uh, go to the gym, and I'll listen to an episode or two of that. Um, in particular, they've got a uh, great episode about Colonel Sanders from Kentucky Fried Chicken fame, <laughs> and then there's uh, one called The did Great... Did you wait? Did you know that they made a Lifetime movie about Colonel yes. Sanders and A.C. Slater? Mario <laughs> Lopez. The, played the I heard Colonel. it's terrible. I have no interest in watching it. It just seems so weird. It does. <laughs> like a biopic. Colonel Sanders with A.C. Slater. <laughs> Who had... <laughs> the casting choice is like... Yeah. I think if you look at the credits, it'll be casting by A.C. Slater. <laughs> so that was how he got his foot in the door with that. Uh, but yeah, so there's a there's one called The Great Chocolatiers that kind of covers the history of both uh, Hershey and Eminem uh, Mars. That was really fascinating. And then there was a great one on uh, Henry Hines of Hines Ketchup fame. And you and you realize that, you know, not only were they successful in creating like a particular product, but the uh, oftentimes they made, um, you know, innovations and advances in like manu production, manufacturing, yeah. production, how things are promoted and, and advertised. So it's 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 a really fascinating uh, listen for anyone that's you know interested in like food history and stuff like that. So highly recommended. Um, what else we got? Um, Show topic. Sure. Uh, what are some of your pantry essentials? And we put this out to social media. Kind of late, though, so we didn't get a lot yeah. of answers. <laughs> That's okay, because we got a lot to talk about ourselves. So uh, you want to start with uh, some listener submissions? Yes. Uh, Maxwell Gregory 2018 said, dried pasta and always spices. Perfect. Agree. Yep. You'll find those in our pantry. Too. Yep. Uh, Nancy M said, peanut butter. Perfect. We've got some of that in our pantry as well. Yeah, I don't really ever use it. Although, you it's, know. You know, a lot of times recipes will call for the addition of it this for sauces or something. I use it in smoothies sometimes, so it's good to have on hand. And Olive likes peanut yeah, butter, dog too. dog likes it, so got to keep it. She she said. Um, 
And then our friend Lee D said, uh, a good collection of bitters. I like the way you think. Right? He's, he's just got to have his cocktail game dialed in. There you and, go. you know, everything else will fall into place. Um, you want to start with, with your yeah. choices? Um, we should talk first about our pantry, because I don't know if we've really, like, dove deep into our situation here at home. No, we haven't. Okay, so... We've lived in our house for like 15 years, mm-hmm. and, I, and a few years after living here, we have this office that is adjacent to the kitchen, um, and at some point in time, I had the idea to convert it into like a big giant walk-in pantry. And, and you, I was like, Balmer, you are cuckoo bananas. You that thought I was the dumbest insane. idea ever. And, but I had a vision, <laughs> and, and so we got some pantry shelves, and we put them up in there and then that became the home or like the room for our cookbook collection Mm -hmm. which was growing increasingly um and then it just it it also serves as like storage for all of our props that you see on our instagram feed for the food styling and then just for all of our dry goods Mm -hmm. and so it's it's pretty unique uh, we're very fortunate that we can have something like that. Yeah. My apologies to people in New York that live in a shoebox. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you know, we our pantry game is probably a little more elevated than than most, and it affords us the opportunity to keep a lot of stuff on hand, including uh, things in bulk. And so we'll go buy like a gallon jug of vinegar. Or we literally have a gallon of uh, sambal. Yeah. Alec. Like, hey, we go through it, and we've got like big jugs of uh, soy sauce, mm-hmm. sesame oil, um, all the different kinds of vinegars. So just all the stuff that we use, yeah. all the time. Very fortunate, but uh, anyway, so that's that's our pantry story. Oh, and Take also we've and to add to that, we've been doing some cleaning and decluttering. And there used to be a bookshelf that kind of went in the middle of the pantry that had our cookbooks. And we moved that out of there and it's bananas. Yeah. It looks so huge. It looks like an actual room. Yeah. Like it used to be. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, so my picks, let's see. I'm going to say fish sauce. I mean, that's more of a refrigerator staple, but it's a pantry. Yeah. So, um, Fish sauce, obviously, is great to add a little bit of umami for everything and, you know, love it, love it. We use Red Boat fish sauce. Yep. To me, I feel it's... It's it's superior. It is. To others. It's it's less funky. We've actually did a taste test, which I wouldn't recommend. No. But (laughs) there was a noticeable difference in quality. Anyway. Um, Here's another, here's another fridge thing. Um, I usually keep a little jar of better than bouillon, which is, it's like, uh, it's kind of like a soup base. Uh, you know, those bouillon cubes, it's like that, but it's not in cube form. It's a paste. And sometimes I'll just add a little bit of it to whatever I'm cooking for a little bit of extra salt and oomph. I think your grade for this project is going to suffer because you're including all I these like refrigerator. We talked about refrigerator stuff in a previous episode. I know. This is supposed to be like dry goods, dry well, storage. Well, I, I cannot follow directions. Well, so what else do you have? <laughs> you got to have something else. I do. Sambal. Yeah. Um, yep. And Goku, well, Gokujang, we keep that in our 
fridge too. Oh my God, I'm failing. Um, um, and I would say tahini as well. Okay. And I don't want to like talk for 20 minutes about pan about like i do okay then here, give me, I, here I go let's let's do right. it <laughs> pastas grains spices um canned beans we always have like some black beans or garbanzos, garbanzos yep. or chickpeas as us dumb americans say see you're um, so you're being so much more broad than i well am. but it's but it's stuff that if because I, I try and keep track of that stuff. So if we run out, I'll add it to our grocery mm-hmm. list. And so that we always kind of have it in stock. And these make like great impromptu pantry meals like the one we had last night yes. where I grabbed the can of chickpeas. Um, tuna fish. I know you're not a fan. No. But olive is. Mm-hmm. And I am. And I and for lunch, oftentimes, I'll I'll take a little tuna fish. I'll throw some capers in there. A little bit of Dijon. Maybe some cherry tomatoes or some chopped up celery, and then I'll mix it all up and put it on, you know, a piece of bread or whatever we have kicking around. It bums me out. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, tomato products. Yes. We usually have all kinds of varied cans of tomato paste, chopped tomatoes, diced tomatoes, uh, coconut milk. Mm-hmm. Another one. Um, dried fruits and nuts. We have a lot of those on hand. Because, I feel like, like we have an excessive amount yeah, well, right now. There's so many recipes that we work from that'll call for like pine nuts or, uh, you know, sesame seeds or peanuts or cashews or something. Just not uh, walnuts. Ugh. Too bitter. Yeah. Not a fan. Not a big we fan We don't keep those in our pantry. Nope. Um, and then, of course, like, you know, all the different flours for baking, uh, different condiments, vinegars. I think that about covers it. That is pretty much everything in our pantry. Yep. Thanks for listening <laughs> to my TED Talk. Have a great week, everyone. All right. I suppose we should talk about this cookbook. Sure. All right. So this is kind of a unique concept, especially coming out of uh, this pandemic mm-hmm. that we've been in for the last year, because it does deal with global travel, which was uh, paused for much of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it basically focuses on six different locations that are kind of favorite destinations of author Rene Erickson. Uh, Rome, Paris, Normandy, London, Baja, and Seattle, where she lives and runs a successful chain of restaurants. I love that it's kind of a nice collection of places. There's a couple like really obvious places like Rome and Paris and London even, but... You know, then you've got Seattle of right. all places. Yeah. And so it, that's where it kind of draws its inspiration. And then all these recipes are kind of inspired by by these places. And, you know, it allows you to recreate these these dishes at home, which, you know, kind of ties in with the whole pandemic thing. So even if you're unable to travel, no need. You can mm-hmm. just grab something from this cookbook. So we were intrigued and... Uh, we made a total of six, uh, I guess, cocktails and dishes from this, the book. This book had a lot of it had, awesome It was right cocktails. up our alley. There was, was, so there was a lot of cocktails. And, but, and, and the good thing about a lot of the cocktails, though, is uh, like there were some spritzers and stuff that uses low alcohol, like mm-hmm. aperitif type stuff. Um, so, Yes. You want to talk about uh, what we made, yeah. and then we'll 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 dive in in greater detail with it. Yes, we made 
Ben's focaccia alla sale, which obviously focaccia. Yeah. <laughs> um, we made oh page turn. Uh, we did sliced copa with celery, green olives, and lemon. Then we did king oyster mushrooms with majorum breadcrumbs and poached egg. Mm-hmm. And then there was whale winds old fashioned. Uh, roast chicken salad with green beans, fennel, potatoes, and grainy Dijon. That is a title. Yes, Let it me is. tell you. Um, strawberry and black pepper gin and tonic. And then dill dip with. Oh, no. Oh, someone's, Olive someone's says hello. Out fireworks in the neighborhood. Olive's very At least very I think upset. that was it. <laughs> Hopefully it wasn't gunshots. <laughs> Fire, someone's, someone's having an old-fashioned duel in our neighborhood. <laughs> I wonder if they got slapped with the glove yep. first. <laughs> Someone's defending their lady's honor yes. with a pistol. How nice. Yep. How romantic. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about this focaccia. Okay. Um, so this was something that I made. You um, did a, a fabulous job, by the I'm way. I'm never mad at making a giant sheet tray of olive oil infused bread. Oh, I love having fresh bread on hand. Yum. So the recipe keeps it pretty simple. We opted to add a little bit of fresh rosemary and some grated Parmesan on top just mm-hmm. to make it a little more interesting and flavorful. Um, don't be intimidated by the sheet tray of bread because you can portion it out and freeze it and it freezes wonderfully. Yes. And you can enjoy it anytime, which is what we did. I think so. that was the first thing we made out of the book, too. It was a good start. Yeah. Um, uh, next, we did the sliced copa with celery, green olives, and lemon. Celery doesn't get enough love. I feel like it's kind of underutilized. It is. And in the right application, it really injects this nice, unique flavor. It adds like this kind of earthy herbaceousness. I know some I people think. don't like celery. Or they're I like know. allergic to it, which is unfortunate. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so, you know, capa's pork shoulder... Um, and then it was, it was kind of just like, a like a grazing plate kind yeah. of thing. Um, I, th- I think for something this simple, it's really important just to use like the best available ingredients that you have. Really good to. olive oil. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, everything just gets, you know, sprinkled with a little salt and pepper drizzled with a little olive oil and a little lemon juice just to brighten it up. Um, but a perfect. Kind of sharing little, plate mm-hmm. or, you know, to ease into the to the evening as like a little appetizer right? yes. when you're enjoying your cocktail um, with your paper straw that you'll <laughs> have to <laughs> throw away gets. after with the first sip. <laughs> Goddamn paper you're straws. You're really mad about the paper I straw. I am. <laughs> you have one job. <laughs> he doesn't even do it. And then uh, the next dish we made was this lovely king oyster mushrooms with majorum, breadcrumbs, and a poached egg on top. So here's the thing. We both kind of mutually agreed that we're not big fans of majorum. Yes. It's, it's soapy. Yes. So after we enjoyed this, and, it, and don't get us wrong, it was good, but I... It occurred to me that time would have been a better choice for this. I kind of felt that way too. Yeah, but look at us changing the recipe. <laughs> I know in the book. we're assholes. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know what it is about majorum other than it's like that 
kind of soapy flavor to me. Well, and here's and the thing: I don't. I feel like we don't use <clears throat> we don't use it very much. Yeah, and so I kind of didn't realize how not great it is. So let's talk king oyster mushrooms. I think for someone who's maybe considering going like meat free, mm-hmm. or they're looking for an alternative, these can hold their own against any meat counterpart they are very meaty if like, you if you will texturally mm-hmm. and flavorly They're, that's a word right it is now yep i made it up <laughs> hashtag flavorly um but yeah i mean just that was a that was a great dish that uh you know and you and you brown this king oyster mushroom in a skillet with butter and olive oil so it gets even more flavor and then i think we added garlic lemon zest and like some preserved lemon correct mm-hmm. and then there were and then there were the little toasted breadcrumbs yes so i mean this was a this was a great plate of food that i really liked and um i love that it kind of stood on its own without trying to be something else necessarily or like yes this is it's a substitute for meat but it wasn't like like that's the problem I always have with a lot of vegetarian dishes is they try and make like a meat free version of it. And this was kind of like this wonderfully composed dish that just happened to be vegetarian. Yeah, well, and I feel like that's not the aim of the book no, either. Not like at all. not like we're gonna make some vegetarian friendly food. This you know. Right. But I I do understand what you're saying. Um all right. The next thing we did was a drink called the Whale Winds Old Fashioned. And this is from the Normandy section. Right. Um, and it was made with Calvados, which is um, it's an amp. It's a brandy that's usually made with uh, apples or pears. And yes. so instead of that, that was the main liquor component for the old fashioned. And, and the Whale Winds, I think, is the name of one of her restaurants mm, and it's mm-hmm. probably a nod to Moby Dick I would assume yeah. so it's kind of a play on that so that that was kind of fun as well um speaking of Moby Dick did you hear that this diver actually got like swallowed by a whale and spat back out now we're going off on a tangent <laughs> can you imagine oh, how, wow. can you imagine I'd how... be kind of offended that the whale didn't find me delicious <laughs> that'd be so terrifying <laughs> all, all of a sudden you're like swimming along I guess and then... offended and thankful <laughs> right Thank, thanks that I was so offensive that he spit me back out I bet you to that live whale, another day I bet you that whale's mouth smelled really foul yep Probably like Oof. Olive's breath. Yep. <laughs> Our dog has the worst breath she could, ever. She could give that whale a run for Oh, my God. Yuck. Um, Three ingredients in this cocktail. It's super simple. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it was the first time we've ever made a cocktail with Calvados. What would you think of that? I liked it. The thing is, Calvados is kind of expensive. Yeah. We only got like the small bottle. Like we got like a half, like, what do they call it? A split? Um, Probably. Sounds right. Yeah. And like that small amount was like 30 bucks. We still have some left too. Did you find it like kind of medicinal tasting? Because I thought that was my takeaway from it. It was a little medicinal. And I don't know if that was just the particular brand that we used because we're cheapskates. Or, (laughs) I mean, you could spend like, you know, hundreds of dollars on some good Calvados. That's that's not us. No, it's not. That's not not our wallet. (laughs) Um, but uh, yeah, so that was my takeaway from it. I I I would love to try um 
maybe experimenting with some, you know, if you're going to have a substitute for the bourbon or, or, or rye, like it'd be interesting to maybe try some other alternatives and see if something else grabs our attention besides well, the Calvados. Sure. Or I'd, you could just have an old fashioned. You could. <laughs> <laughs> Always thinking. I know. Let's talk I this know. roast chicken salad. Olive liked it. Yes. Did you not? No, I loved it. Yeah. But she got to help me break down the chicken. Yeah. So in the book, and you, and this was kind of a, a theme throughout, is it does give you options for, you know, sure, you can roast your whole chicken, which we've done countless uh-huh. times, or you could get like a good quality rotisserie one, which is what our lazy asses did. Um, and then there was like some bread, you know, recipes that had like a, a bread component or toast component and it would instruct you like, you know, you can bake this bread or you go can just it. like go buy yeah. some sourdough. So I, I kind of appreciated that because we didn't really feel the need to roast a chicken because to make we make a salad. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've done it a million times. And yes, I can appreciate a good roast chicken dinner. But for something like this salad that we were throwing together. The only time necessary. I will ever do that is for the Zuni roast chicken yes. salad. Mm. Oh, yum. <laughs> so let's see. So we grab the rotisserie chicken. Then there's kind of like a salad, quote unquote, that consists I don't of... understand why you do the quote unquote. It is a salad. It is know. a composed, I always, it's a I always composed think of, salad. I always think of salads containing greens, and this didn't really have that. It's well, green, you're wrong. Because it consists of green beans, fennel, and potatoes. Okay, but wait. What do we call potato salad? We call it potato salad. You call it potato. I don't even <laughs> eat potato salad. <laughs> potato salad doesn't doesn't roll off my lips ever. We've made potato salad. Shut I don't up. know. I'm just being contrary. Yeah, you are. Um, <laughs> and then there was this like sharp, tangy Dijon vinaigrette mm-hmm. that we that we drizzled on top of everything. Um, so this was great. Super easy recipe. Yeah. And nice easy and recipe. Tasty. Um, very tasty. Very substantial for a, a dinner. No complaints. All right. This uh, meeting is adjourned. <laughs> certainly. <laughs> All right. All right. The Cocktail next, number two. Yes. Man, we really got our drink on with this I book. know. And this one was super good. This uh, We made a strawberry and black pepper gin and tonic. The, f- the photograph you took was lovely as well. Thank you. It, it, it went viral. It blew up the internet. No, it did not. <laughs> it didn't. Well, if 400 likes is viral, it, it went viral. No, it did uh, not. <laughs> <laughs> He's lying. He's trying to make me look better than I am. Um, yeah, so this had an unusual component, black pepper. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, it was just kind of like a clever twist on a gin and tonic. But well, it had strawberry I mean, in it. <laughs> you are correct. You, you pick it up what I'm putting down. I love how you're like it's a clever twist on a gin and tonic, but with strawberry. That's <laughs> what it had in it. You're so astute, Palmer. Yep. Nothing gets past me. <laughs> um, anything else to add to this? Well, the black pepper added like a nice. You know, it's a, it's a great note on the nose to have before you take that first sip. Yes. Um, and I, I really like. Visually, liked, it looks great. It looks great, and I loved the muddled strawberries. Um, I thought it added a nice little 
freshness to the gin and tonic. Agreed. I think there was like a couple people once they saw our post. They made this, it, yeah. Made it and and they're like, yum. Like, yeah. So go make it. Go go find the recipe and do it up. And then lastly, this is another example of you indulging me because I see these things in books and then I, I get inspired to. Guys, it's really annoying. He'll yep. get something like in his head and he just has to do it. And I'm Potato like, that's chips. a bad idea. Potato chips with dill dip. Bad idea. Uh, I mean, they're delicious, but we got to drink sparkling wine with it, which is sure the perfect highbrow, lowbrow combination. Yes, potato chips and champagne. Perfect. Now we're living. Yep. Uh, the dill dip was reminiscent to me of those like rippled old Dutch potato chips that I used to eat as a kid. Oh, you mean the dip that you used to eat with the potato chips? Yeah. <laughs> well, they they went hand in hand. You couldn't have one without the other. But uh, that was a very Midwestern thing. I don't know how far outside of the Midwest old Dutch potato chips uh, reached, but... See, we weren't dill dip people in our house. It was No? Always, no, it was onion dip. Ah. You, get, you get a thing of sour cream, packet of onion soup mix, ah, and yeah. you mix it up. Yum. Okay. That actually sounds really good to me. Was it like Lipton yes? onion soup Yeah, yeah, mix? yeah. yeah okay. The little cup of soup pack thing. Sure. I'm picking it's up what you're putting delicious. down. Delicious. Okay. I can't believe you've never had it. I'm sure I have. Okay. We were just always like more. Well, maybe we were onion dip. Now that I think of it, I think dill would have been too exotic kind of a <laughs> herb for my mom it's to green. incorporate into There's her green cooking. in there. Yep. Might I, be healthy. I don't know. <laughs> too close to vegetables, which my mom hates. Hi, Shirley. I love you. <laughs> we love you, Cheryl. <laughs> um, yeah. But. Uh, much like French fries, we never seem to be able to execute potato chips at home successfully. It's always better when someone else makes them in a hot deep fryer, right? Or something with a basket. I mean, they and... turned out okay, but I just I can't slice them thin enough, and I don't know. They just these were okay. I feel like it, I feel like fry French fries and potato chips are something that we do not do well. Best left to the pros. But I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because it's not like we eat a lot of that. So. No. Whatever. <laughs> so there we go. We can say we did it. Yes. Yep. It's All an right. experience. There you go. What a ride. All right. So let's let's get down to the rankings. And before we do that, let's talk about the most critical Amazon review. And there was only one. This this book doesn't have a lot of love. So, you know, if you decide to pick this up and cook from it, go on Amazon and give it a give it a good review because mm-hmm. uh, it's it, it's it's deserving. And uh, but the. The, and it's funny because this was like a one out of five star from Marsha. And she said, Marsha, Marsha, yeah, Marsha. Yeah, it's always Marsha. And she <laughs> said one word, disappointing. That's it. All right. Didn't well, elaborate at least on she's it. succinct. Yep. Cool. Um, all right. Let's talk about our rankings. First category being food photography and styling. What'd you give it? I gave it a five. Okay. Um. There's a combination of photos in here. So not only do you have the food photography, but then because this is kind of like a travel-themed book, there's a a wealth of photos uh, within the pages that are, you know, more kind of, you know, travel photos. Yeah. Pictures of storefronts mm-hmm. and uh, residents of wherever she's visiting. And, and I, I liked it. And mm-hmm. the, the photos are very stylized. Um Yet they have an appearance of being kind of spontaneous and just like thrown together. But you could tell they were very mm-hmm. stylized just by the props that they use and 
how things were. It's it's were really arranged. funny that you picked up on that too because yes. I I have that in my notes as well. Uh, combination of forty five degree angle shots as well as overhead, and then I found the prop styling in particular to be really interesting. So there would be like these plates that had like some really cool like patterns or writing on them. The choice of linens and flatware mm-hmm. I thought was really smart. So I I thought like. More than the photography itself, which was totally fine, um, the prop styling was really uh, what caught my attention. I completely agree with you. I think that um, I feel like the photos really, really set a feeling of being in that place. I mean, if you just look at the cover photo, it's gorgeous. There's... There's like this little scene on a balcony overlooking the sea. There's a little picture full of peonies and there's a tree. It kind of transports wine. you. It's, go- it's gorgeous. Um, so, yeah, I gave it a five as well. Awesome. Well, and a lot of the photos are presented with these serving utensils that make it really inviting so there'd be like this dish or plate of food that would have these like you know serving spoons or forks or something like placed in there so you know almost as if it's just inviting you to like reach in Mm -hmm. and like you know serve up a plate or something and 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 like even when there's a photo of it it looks like an impromptu picnic right it's it's such a feeling and a mood yes so nicely done yeah mission accomplished uh design and layout i gave it a four okay Um, like obviously the book is broken into these different places um and she she will also have sections um kind of doing a more of an overview like how to prepare artichokes or talking about spritzes um or you know Building the perfect seafood platter. Right. Just just like a little deep dive. Mm-hmm. And I, I love those little sections in there. Agreed. Anything else? Uh, no, I gave... Did I say what I gave it? You I gave, gave it a four. four. Yes. Okay. Uh, I gave it a four as well. All right. Interestingly, the recipe text begins from the bottom of the page and moves upward. Did you notice that? So like... What? Normally, the positioning of the recipes in the book starts at the bottom. So, like, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that the, the, like, the sentence starts at the very bottom of the page, but, like, the positioning of, like, the entire recipe. Look, look at an example of, like, a shorter one. Okay. So, like, if you have a shorter recipe, it starts at the bottom rather than the top, which I think is how it would traditionally be placed, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? And so for like a recipe that's a little more involved, it's going to take up like the entire page of the book. But for some of the simpler, shorter recipes, um, it will start from the bottom and go up. So I, I just thought like... I don't see what you're seeing. Yeah, I'm you, you got to find a shorter recipe. You're looking at all these like really involved ones. So here you have all this negative space at the top portion of the <gasps> Oh, you're book. right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I just thought that was like a really interesting design choice. Um, and then each chapter and the chapters are divided by the different destinations. So we talked about, you know, Rome, Paris, Normandy, London, Baja and Seattle. Each chapter has its own color. Uh And then the recipe titles 
are in that color. Uh-huh. So it would be like this really vivid, like orange color or blue. And I didn't mention that. So. Yeah, very visible. Like I, I started noticing all these design elements that I that I was really kind of drawn to. Um, and then, as you mentioned, peppered throughout the book are these little like odes to things mm-hmm. that the author appreciates, like you know the artichoke one. There was one about tartines, and then there's also useful tips and tricks uh, throughout. So she talks about like frying, and she offers like some some tricks for you know one of the recipes that involves frying something, and and uh, has a whole you know page or two devoted to you know how to get the most out of that um there's an orange binding that uh my research indicates is called a headband in like book manufacturing terminology Mm -hmm. so there's a little orange peeking out from the spine yes and then all of the edges of the pages are blue yes so just like really Clever things. I'm trying to educate myself more because, you know, we've talked in the past about, you know, we're we're trying to like gather ideas to do a cookbook of our own. And so I'm starting to pay more attention to that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, you just start to realize like what goes into, you know, you, you've got your cookbook done. You've got all your recipes. They're tested. You've got your photos taken. But then when you're getting ready to manufacture the book, you've got all these decisions to make. Yeah. And and I just thought this was like you know, you can tell that they really focused on those kind of details, and it makes for like a really nice, attractive cookbook. Mm-hmm. So, give it a four. Nice. Yeah. Uh, degree of difficulty. You know, I kind of wanted to give it a one because it wasn't. I mean, I feel like there is nothing super difficult in this book at all. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I feel like it's a lot of the recipes in this book are really great. Um, t- easy things to throw together if you are entertaining. Yes, or you, you know. Um, but I gave it I I gave it a two because there are things in there like bread or you know mm-hmm. or you know there's some things that are a little bit more involved that obviously we did not make. But um, yeah, two. It was everything seemed so easy. Yeah, um, I gave it a three because. It it gives you several options throughout the book for like we discussed previously. So like you can roast a chicken mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or okay. you can go buy a rotisserie. You can bake the bread or you can just go buy a loaf of sourdough. So depending on which option you choose, that really affects. That's actually good. Difficulty. I didn't I didn't yeah. think of that because there was a few dishes that we did that if we had taken the time um to bake the bread to roast the chicken it's a little more involved yeah so it's not difficult per se but it's still something that you might want to just save for when you've got some additional time okay um so i, I kind of felt it was like squarely in the middle but i did appreciate that she d- does offer those shortcuts mm-hmm. as alternatives if you if you choose which yes. of course we did because oh, we're lazy you know, we're lazy <laughs> Sorry, not sorry. All right. And then lastly, taste. What'd you have? Five. Yep. I enjoyed every single thing that we had from this book. Yeah. Calvados notwithstanding. I mean, yeah. it just wasn't, it's not our choice. I of still the recall drinking it. And, yes. You know, it was fine. It wasn't, wasn't undrinkable. Right. Yeah. 
But like, yeah, I like enjoyed... that crazy coconut water drink you made the other oh, night. Oh yeah, we shall that not was... speak of that. No, we won't. That was weird. It was horrible. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can't hit a home run. I'm every time. sorry. It was. Uh, I sometimes your, I your cocktail batting average is still quite high. Why? Thank you. Yes. <laughs> to use a sports analogy because you know I'm all about the sports. You're, you're big sports fan. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Wait, what did you, you gave it a five as well? I did. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, so um, if you enjoyed this podcast, please rank and review it. You can follow us on social media at we underscore cook underscore books. That's our Instagram. And our Facebook is at we cook books. All right. So uh, we're recording this on Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to all fathers out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I'd do like a very special Father's Day edition of, of, of food puns for dad. Okay, so do we'll, it. We'll see how this goes. Okay. So it's, so it's not just one joke. It's just kind of like a series of like dad food puns. Okay. So here we go. Uh, and this would be like, you know, things you could say to your dad, potentially. Uh, I think you're a pretty big dill. <laughs> It sounds cheesy, but you're the greatest. <laughs> this is going nowhere fast. You're shrimply the best. <laughs> what? You're one in a melon. No. One more. Can I have one more oh, to hopefully fine, redeem myself? Fine. Thanks fine. for putting up putting with me. Up with <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're my pudding. Maybe, maybe this didn't go so well as I had hoped. Uh, at any rate, thanks for listening. Happy Father's Day to all fathers out there. And have a fantastic week. Bye-bye.